Hello and thanks for listening to the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. All views and opinions expressed are those of the contributors and not necessarily those of either Beyond Radio or Morecambe Football Club. This podcast has so far reached tens of thousands of people. Thanks very much if you have downloaded and shared the pod. If your business is interested in reaching these people, advertising and sponsorship opportunities are available right now. You can find out more details by dropping me an email to dave.salmon at beyondradio.co.uk, salmon as in the fish, or you can find me on Twitter and send me a message there at dpsalmon. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. After. Younger wins it back on the second phase. He's in the box. He might pull the trigger here with his left foot. Jonah still going, still oh. going. And the shot just takes the deflection and bobbles through to Mark Howard in the Carlisle United goal. Sloppy though from Carlisle. They give it straight back to Diagaraga on the edge of the box. Oh, silky oh. feet from Diagaraga. Oh, oh tell you what. That would have been one of the goals of the season if that had gone in. Proper audition for Strictly come dancing there from Big Tombs. Danced his way, silky as you like, into the box. And his right-footed curling effort just wide of the post. And that's not the first free kick that Ryan Cooney has given away in a dangerous position. And this one is a, a direct shooting opportunity as well. So we need to be on our metal. Maybe a test here for the debutante Morecambe keeper, Andre da Silva Mendes. Could be the left boot, perhaps, of Tristan Abrahams. In fact, it's a right-footed effort. It's curling. Oh, oh it's into the top corner. Carlisle United have taken the lead four minutes into the second half and it's a substitute. He came off the bench at half-time for Zach Clough. Jordan Gibson whipped it up and over the wall, right-footed and at full stretch. Andre de Silva Mendes just helps it into the top corner to give Carl United the lead here. They open the scoring on 49 minutes. Morecambe nil, Carlisle one. It's almost as an instant impact as Aaron Wilder get the weekend, isn't it? I don't know, it was, a, it was a nicely struck for a kick, but I don't think it was right in the corner. Um, it's one I'd have to see again, could the keeper have kept it out quite possibly? But irrespective of that, it's Morecambe nil, Carlisle United won. And again, Dave, it's from one of those free kicks, did we really have to give it away in such a position? I'm not too sure. Sloppy free kick given away, not the first time that Ryan Cooney did that tonight, I'm afraid. And that time we are punished in field from the substitute Gibson, he's going to get it out towards the... Carlisle United left and they're going to try and get a crossing from the byline here's Devine he gets it into the feet of Tristan Abrams oh, who turns save. and fires at the near post and that is a good tip over the bar by Andre de Silva Mendes listen if there was any question marks around the goalkeeper for the uh, for the goal we conceded he's made up for it there it was a great save from close range ball up and over Brad Jones could be in here on the penalty area Brad Jones oh, it's a great just save. wide of the post that again for the second time in the space of a minute at full stretch that time, low down to his left-hand side. Applause from Matt Smith, and quite rightly so, because that was another fine save to get it round the post from the debutant keeper, Andre de Silva Mendes. He looked certain to score, didn't he? Brad Young did well to uh, to bring the ball down under his spell and advance forward under real uh, no real pressure from Morecambe's defence, which you should ask a few questions about. We got about. caught napping there, didn't we? Yeah, but uh, it was a fine strike. Looked to be nestled in the, in the corner, but the outstretched arm from Andre de Silva Mendes kept out the young Carlisle United play, and it was a fine save. Corner to Carlisle, taken by the substitute. 
Jordan Gibson. Oh, it's, oh it could be 2 0 here, and it is 2 0. It was all too easy at the back post. And it's Kelvin Meller against his former club, unmarked, three yards out. He taps the ball in on 53 minutes from the corner. We switched off again. Old habits die hard, don't they? It's Morecambe nil, Carlisle 2. It just had to be, didn't it? The former Shrimps man back on Shrimps territory. But I tell you what, again caught napping, Dave. Against um, Newport County on Saturday, Matt. Our shape and our, and our we were brilliant. Our physicality, our blocks, everything was fantastic. And it was great as well in the first half. We've come out after half-time with a different team. And it's going to be disappointed about it. Both goals are bitterly disappointed because it's a cheap free kick that we didn't need to give away on the edge of the box. Good, good finish, in fairness. They could have then scored easily twice more. Two great saves from our keeper on his debut. And then from the corner, we just, let, just left him free. It was a tapping at the back post, completely unmarked. And that is unacceptable. Well, here comes Ayunda once more on the edge of the box. He might fancy this with his right foot. He does get a right foot shot, you know. Oh, he's offside. And, oh, he's offside from the rebound. Cole Stockton put the ball in the net. It was a good initial parry from Mark Howard from Ayunda's shot. Stockton thought for a second he'd bagged his 14th goal of the season. But the linesman's flags up over on the far side. Been over to the right channel looking for the run of Jonah Ayunga. Morgan well Feeney. done, Jonah. Morgan in his way, but Jonah dispossesses him, and Cole Stockton gets the volley in, and that's blocked away from Carlisle United, and away it goes for a corner. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimp's Verdict on Beyond Radio. Listen, I'm saying the same things week in, week out. We had a little break from it on Saturday, where we defended very well. Um, at, at the minute... We were passing the ball about um, in front of people. We we're telling people constantly to run in behind, so I'm telling the same people to do it, and they're not doing it. So we're, we're going to have to make big decisions. The big, big ten games coming up for people's careers, so decisions have to be made. Um, and listen, we we know what our frailties are, and it was exposed again tonight with two set plays. So um, we're, we're telling the same information. We're telling the same people the same information. So. You know, at some stage we you know we have to do something about that and we can't do it at the moment so we've got a group together we we look like a group of boys that are very very short of confidence if we don't score first you know when we passed the ball we were very good for the first 20 minutes and as soon as we went 1-0 down and you know it, it looked like we weren't going to come back from it and took it to go 2-0 down before we started playing with any kind of intensity again so yeah look it's it's really really disappointing I come out and say the same things for the last month or six weeks but and I'm saying the same things to players. Uh, so, you know, listen, you, you have to either step up and be counted, which needs to be done now. You know, we need to now focus our sole attention on Fleetwood. We had to make another five changes tonight, four of them enforced, because of international call-ups, actually five changes in, um, altogether with injuries as well. So we can't get a settled side, we can't get a settled back four. Um, we can't get a settled goalkeeper on back four at the moment so it's, it's difficult you know it's difficult when you're playing again beside different people every week due to injuries or loss of form so first and foremost is try and get something settled um, that's difficult when people are finding it hard to get a run of form consecutive games you know never mind two or three games you know two games of a, of a consistent run of form would be good but we're, we're not getting that at this moment in time Talking of goalkeepers Carl Leverin picked tonight and then injured in the, uh, the warm up and Andre De Silva Mendes got his, his debut and he did okay. I thought Andre was very good. You know, um, it was his debut. 
he's only actually trained three days. He's had a, a wrist injury and been out all season, not done a pre-season. And, you know, Barry Roach got high hopes for him and he proved that tonight. You know, he was thrown in at the deep end at the last minute. Really unfortunate for Kyle, who's been a, the ultimate pro since we left him out of the team. And it's unfortunate for him, but he certainly took his opportunity, Andre. Looking at the team, you picked a strong team. Is that what's more disappointing against a team like another League Two team to go down like that? Yeah, I think, listen, I've made lots of changes in this competition to give people game time. And after trying, listen, we, if we set out to win it, we probably wouldn't have made nine changes in the previous two games. What we wanted to do was get people fit again. You know, I'll try and take some sort of positives out of that. It was probably Jonah Youngest, one of his, his best games since he came back to fitness. Aaron Will, they get 65, 70 minutes. You know, so they're, they're the positives in there. Um, there's, there's the same frailties that we know. But, you know, we had a strong front three. We had a strong front three with our, our two centre halves that played on Saturday. Albeit we we had we changed both full backs due to injury and international call ups. Um, so we just can't get a run of consistent games and teams and you know consistent teams will lead to consistent results. But unfortunately, things are going against us at the moment. No game Saturday, but a massive game coming up now after that against Fleetwood. Yeah, we need to clear our heads. Um, there's no real time to feel sorry for yourselves. Um, you know, if we're going to get stick about it, we'll deal with that and we'll move on with it. But it's it's now start again tomorrow. But you know, start again mainly Monday, ready to go for Fleetwood. It's a it's a big run of games coming up. It really is um, games. I feel we can win. We showed on Saturday that we can defend. We can defend our box and we can throw our bodies on the line. And we can press properly. And as I say, it's just getting that belief and consistency to do that. And it's it's big big games coming up in the next month. On the positive side, Aaron Woodig against sixty five, as you say. You had Courtney Dufus on the bench. You've got John Abika hopefully coming back to some sort of match action soon. That must be positive for you. I think any team that takes out four or five main players, Shane McLaughlin missing as well, Alfie McCullman, Greg Lee, Ryan McLaughlin, you know, if you take out all those starters, you're going to struggle. And we had a strong front three and we had our two centre-halves playing that played on Saturday. Um, but you know, when, when we take that kind of quality out of the team and energy and pace out of the team, it's, it's a struggle. So to get them all fit again, which I'm hoping everybody bar John will be available for the, the Fleetwood game, it certainly gives me options and that nobody's been consistent enough to guarantee a place in the team. Nobody. Um, and people have to now step up to it. Well, Andre, debut tonight. Unfortunately, a 2-0 defeat, but uh, a last-minute call-up for you. What were your thoughts when you got that call-up when Kyle Leveron got injured in the warm-up? I was a bit surprised to be fair. Uh, unfortunately, Kyle got injured at the warm up, as you said. Um, but that's, that's the reason why we work every day. Everyone's ready to, to go in if, if needed. And uh, I was waiting for my moment. Uh, he, you know, he came up uh, unexpectedly. So, um, but he was good. He was a great experience um, to, to play to play aside his players. He's, he's great. Um, and unfortunately, we didn't, we didn't get the, the win. But we'll hopefully pick up the pieces and uh, work out what we need to bring the wins back. Just reward for you for coming over to England. I mean, you're only a teenager. You've, you've, you've come away from home, spending time in Morecambe, training with the club for a couple of years now, to get your chance and to keep going and get a first team squad place and to see tonight that everyone will be proud of you, won't they? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, my mum probably doesn't even know that I was on the pitch today. Um, and uh, but it's a great feeling. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% uh, sure that she's going to be buzzing with it, and uh, my whole family actually. I'm uh, I'm lucky that my girlfriend was here today watching, so that's a that's a good point about it. But I'm I'm really happy with it. Two hundred feet, the first goal, free kick. Uh, you almost got there, didn't you? Yeah, to be honest, I've I, I got to give that. I think I could have saved it. Um, I felt like I could have done better at that point. Um, but it was a great free kick. But again, I think I could have saved it. After that, though, two great saves that kept more coming in the game, to be honest. 
Yeah, I mean, you can't drop your head straight away, can you? Uh, they, they they started the second half really well. Um, I mean, we, we put our heads down a bit after the first score, but try to keep it in the game. But unfortunately, for I don't know for what reason, a man ended up being alone in the box and then just finishing a sloppy finish. But unfortunately, that's what happened. How much have you learned from people like Barry Roach and Carl Leatherham and like more Leslie Jockel? A lot, a lot. I mean, uh, I had uh, had the opportunity and uh, the pleasure to train with Baz uh, at one point, and he's uh, great to train him every day. I mean, experience as a goalkeepers, um, they, they teach me a lot. We have a lot of banter um, for me being looking thirty eight and whatever. Um, but he's it, great. He's great to learn from them. Um, we have banter, but I mean, when he when he takes serious, uh, he were always behind me, always supporting me, and giving me advice about everything. And so, no, knowing Barry, advice straight after the game as well. Say again, sorry. Knowing Barry, advice straight after the game tonight as well. Yeah, I mean, as he spoke to me, he, was, he said he was really good. He said he was proud of me. Um, as he said, he said what I said. Uh, the work that we've been doing is, is, is for that, basically, for, for these moments, and it ended up working out well. And now for you, of course, hopefully uh, over the next few years get some more appearances in. Yeah, hopefully. I'll be ready for whenever whatever comes. Uh, I'm ready whenever Gaffer wants to put me in. I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. So in terms of the run out tonight, Matt, what have you made of, of the whole 90 minutes? I'd, it's one of those. I think we started the game well, and that's why it's so frustrating that we've, you know, we haven't taken any of our early chances and it's come back to bite us, hasn't it, really? Um, I think... It's been a contrast of two halves. First half, we, we looked on it, we looked bright. And then second half, we just we just haven't really got going. And, and they've taken advantage of that. They got the uh, the early goal relatively early on in the in the first half. Two, uh, sorry, in the second half, two preventable goals in my eyes. Did yeah. we need to give away the free kick? Nope. I don't think so. Could we have defended better and, and marked the man more tighter and thoroughly at the back stick? Absolutely. Yep, I, think, I think we could have done. So from that point of view, it's disappointing. Um, and like we say, we, we wanted this game to take confidence and, uh, and momentum going into not only the international break, but the key games after it. And, and we haven't done that, unfortunately. So not all about the result, of course, tonight, because we were already out of this competition. But uh, certainly it was about the prize money. It was about playing for pride and getting that confidence and getting that back-to-back -back win going into the international break, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Like we say, we haven't been able to do it, um, which is a shame because we did so well against Newport. We did so well in the early stages of this game and we just haven't taken our chances, I'm afraid. Finally, Matt Smith from the Shrimps Media team, I suppose, given the, the, the fact that we played such a full-strength side tonight, disappointing that perhaps we've been put a better show on. Yeah, yeah, especially, you know, the gaffer said it goes strong, so I think with that in mind, you'd expect a bit of a better result more than anything. Um, so from that point of view, it is disappointing. We've got lads out there, a lot of the lads, most of the lads really, that you wouldn't expect, uh, sorry, that you would expect to see in a league starting 11. So with that in mind, could we have done better? I think we could have done. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's disappointing going into the international break. We really wanted that momentum to build on and unfortunately it wasn't to be. There's still plenty to ponder for Stephen Robinson in the next 10 or 11 days. Absolutely, yeah, he'll, uh, they'll be working hard in the break. I'm sure they'll be trying to do the best to put the, uh, the, the wrongs right going into the, uh, into the game, which is a massive game against Fleetwood Town. Later on in the Shrimps Verdict podcast, we are bringing you more of the best of the guests with uh, directors James Wakefield and Charlie Apple. You'll stick around for that. But right now, let's look ahead uh, to the Fleetwood Town game. I've been talking to Ben Knappman, uh, FTFC Nappers on Twitter. Nappers, of course, also does the COD vlog on YouTube. Has thousands of subscribers uh, to that. 
and he is the general aficionado about all things Fleetwood Town. I've caught up with Nappers to get the lowdown on Simon Grayson's men ahead of Morecambe's trip to Highbury next Saturday. So then, Nappers, I was going to start by saying, do you still pinch yourself that Fleetwood Town are a League One football club? But I suppose you're now an established team in the third tier, so perhaps that's not the case anymore. Absolutely, and like you say, when when you're feeling, you know, League One is your level and you feel like you can comfortably stay up year on year and you comfortably feel like you can compete with even the sides at the top end, end of the division in a 90-minute football game. And, it's, you know, it's an unbelievable achievement and what Fleetwood have done, you, you know, they've had a couple of promotion pushes, they've had a couple of years where they've had to have a look and stabilise. And this year's being one. Um, you know, a new model and it's really, really good. And, you know, we, we don't sit pretty at the moment, but we've still got, what, 31 games to go and I'm more than confident that Fleetwood will be a, a League One side next season. I suppose Fleetwood and Morecambe in many ways are, are very similar, certainly not in terms of having a wealthy chairman, which I suppose obviously helps, doesn't it, from, uh, from that point of view, but certainly in terms of the fan base and what you can achieve with that limited fan base, it's something that clubs like Morecambe can aspire to. Absolutely. And both of us, you know, you must have come in a taxi away following. <laughs> you, you know, you're standing behind the goal on the terraces, you know, fans involved in the football club, you know, and you get a voice and everyone matters. Um, and that's what I like about this, kind of this, Low down in the footballing pyramid. This, you know, it's not too low down. You, you know, you're in a good league, but you, you feel mattered, you feel important, and you go to some big hitters. You know, when you know you're playing Sunderland, you're playing Rotherham, you're playing Wickham, you're playing you know, Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich. You know, there's a lot of big clubs in this division, and like I say, it is your season ticket sales, it is your shirt sales, and you know, a lot of people will be walking around Morecambe and Fleetwood in you know, Man United top, Liverpool tops, but there are a lot more of today's generation than were probably five or six years ago for both clubs wearing their team's colours now. It's really, really good to see. And just hopefully, you know, some more will buy into Morecambe's process and buy into Fleetwood's process of what they're going to do. You've had, uh, since you've been in League One, it has been, like you say, been a bit topsy-turvy, hasn't it? You've had uh, some highs... Playoffs with Uwe Rosler and, and with Joey Barton season before last. One or two relegation battles as well. But you've come through all of that and you are, like you say, you're now an established team at this level. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we've had different managers for different times. I think Graham Alexander led us into the Football League and I do believe his football at times is a bit bland and a bit boring. But he got us, you know, quite comfortably in League One. You know, finished mid-table and then... You know, he left and then Presley came in, kept us up. And Rosler was the kind of the middle one where he came to kick us on. And he did that, you know, for that one season where I think we finished fourth, got like 82 points. Um, you know, it was an unbelievable season that. And like I said, there's a, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot to come from, you know, this current Fleetwood team. I think Joey Barton left at the right time. And, you know, Simon Grayson at the helm now with experience head. You know, he's managed all over the Falcons. He's managed all over, you know, League One and even in the Championship. And um, it's going to be an interesting, you know, next few games, I believe. Different kind of manager, isn't he, Simon Grayson? Obviously, he'll be well known 
amongst Lancashire football fans for his time at Preston and Blackpool. He's got a bit of a mixed CV, hasn't he, Larry, in terms of uh, success and, and and not doing so well at, uh, at other clubs. And I think he's got a reputation for, well, I don't want to use the word a dinosaur because I think that's a little unfair, but certainly has a, a certain way of playing. Is that how you found it since he's become uh, the boss of Fleetwood? Absolutely not, actually. And I, I was expecting, and I said to my dad, I said to all my friends at the start of the year, Fleetwood are literally going to live off nil nils and one nils this year. And I thought, I just thought we're great and I thought we'd be solid defensively and we want to score much. We've been totally the opposite <laughs> and we've scored, I think we've been involved in 53 goals and only one side has been involved in more and that's it, John 59, you've scored 35 and you know, let him 24. But uh, it is sometimes long, it is sometimes direct, but it gets to the strikers twice as quick. You can create openings, you can get round the back. My only worry is, is if we do stop scoring goals, we'll still leak them. I do believe. I don't think... I think we'll stop scoring before we stop leaking. And it, that is a big worry. I think Morecambe have you know, been quite similar that this year. I think you've been involved in um, you know, quite a lot of goals as well. I think, what, 55? So you're second, so we're third. You've you know, scored 25, letting 30. So it's going to be an interesting one. It all sets up for a four-year-old draw, but you just know it's going to be a nil-nil, don't we? <laughs> I don't like using the phrase relegation six-pointer because it's far too early in the season for that. But I suppose both sides, Ben, are are, are the, the, the the part of the table that we certainly don't want to be at. Yeah, you know, absolutely right, Dave. You know, I, I personally, you know, said on my show the other day, you know, last year, look at the, you know, the, there were six teams in that, you know, relegation dogfight, the four that went down and, you know, Swindon and Wimbledon who got out of it. No, sorry, Wigan and Wimbledon who got out of it. And I personally believe at the moment, I think it's going to be a 17 dogfight this year between Crewe, Doncaster, Fleetwood, Shrewsbury, Morecambe, Gillingham and Wimbledon. I do personally believe. And then you could possibly get Cambridge or Cheltenham if they are you know, little bits of, you know, poor fortunes of runs, you know, smaller squads. Um, but it is a six-pointer. I, I agree with that. But I think both sides, just to be in League One, both sides being there, I don't think they'll panic at all. I think, you know, there's still more to come from both sides. I think you can easily go and win back-to-back games in a week and it tops up your season. Um, but again, I do believe it's a... I think both sides... I think it'll be a draw, if I'm honest with you. I think it's a much more... It, I don't, we don't need to lose it. Do you know what? If you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Both sides need to win it. Both sides mustn't lose it, and you know that's my worry. But when I see, when I see teams going down this year, I always look at teams that don't have fight or desire, and I do believe Fleetwood and Morecambe have got that. You know that small team, that United, you know the small fan base all come together, and you know hopefully we'll. You know I'd like to see Morecambe and Fleetwood to stay up this year. Me too, Nathan. Me too. Now, in terms of your formation players to watch. Tell us everything we need to know. Well, Fleetwood have been kind of a few different formations this year. We've often gone to a, a, a 3-4-3 uh, when Fleetwood have been losing games of football. I personally believe a back four of Fleetwood would work perfect, but we have been playing 3-5-2 from the start. You know, we'd, we'd have Alex Kennedy, who's you know, got you know, 200 odd appearances for Fleetwood. Now he's, um, I think by the time we play more, after that game, he would have been on 
Um, 210 games, like he's a couple off the record for the most appearances. Um, so we've got that. And then you've got, you know, James Hill, England under 21 international now. You've got, uh, you know, Conor McLaughlin, you've got Matt Clark, who can play in the back three. Uh, you know, full backs I don't personally like. Uh, but it's a bit like the, the Conte system. Um, he likes having a full back in one of his three slots so he can cover out to the right so one of his wing backs can play like a winger um, and then we'd have three in midfield in the front two of you know Joe Garner Callum Moore and Jed Garner you know we're spoilt for options really That's interesting you say that Nappers because we've been tinkering with our formation over the last few games usually a, a fle- what I would call a flexible 4-3-3 but uh, he has played three at the back on occasion um, so it'd be interesting to see how uh, whether he might try and match that up. I think we will go 4-3-3 because I think that's the players that he's brought into the club. Uh, Stephen Robinson likes to play in a very particular way and that's the the squad that he's brought into play in that formation. So uh, it, it should be a decent matchup, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think both sides have got to go for it. Both sides have got, you know, good play. You know, you know your Ganoas, you know, your Cole Stocktons. Um, you know, those types of players. I do believe Morecambe are missing um, Sonogo and Sam Lavelle, big losses. You know, I'm not even mentioning Mendes Gomez, Mendes Gomez, who's not even getting a look in at Luton, mm. who you're missing as well. But I think those two players steal of your midfield and a, you know, a warrior at the back. Um, but both sides, weak at the back, good coming forward. It could be any scoring. Um, I, I personally believe whoever gets that first goal could go on and win it. And it could defy your whole season, really, this game. It's it's one of those nappers, isn't it? That, like like you say, it's, uh, we've come into League One and I think we with the start that we had, that we, it was so solid and now we've kind of fallen off a cliff, certainly away from home. We've just got that one away win all season. And from our point of view, I think from from fans, we don't quite know what's coming next because we've pulled some fantastic home performances out of the bag against Plymouth. We beat Sheffield Wednesday at home. Should have beaten Ipswich away. We were 2-0 up against Wickham away. So from our point of view, we never quite know what Morecambe team's going to turn up. Yeah, absolutely. But that's, you know, team in the bottom six, you know, one week you're going to be great, one week you're not going to be so great. And that's the problem. But Morecambe, Morecambe fans are saying to themselves, oh, we're in a relegation battle in League One. How far that football club has come? You know, they nearly went down to you know, the National League a couple of years ago, scraped a point on the last day against Coventry. But, you know, it just shows you, I think you've got to look at it in a, a good way and look, look, where are we? Where are our football club going? Mm. Are you in a, a more stable position than you were five years ago? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, are your supporters more on board? Yes. You're getting a lot, you're getting really good gates now. You're getting, you know, three and a half, four thousand home fans, which is unbelievable for a small town in Morecambe. You know, you're going town to, you know, toe-to-toe with big cities and big football clubs. And um, like I say, one week you are, you are going to be good, but one, I think you just got to keep fighting and you know don't give up and go to the ends. It's that consistency, I suppose, isn't it? In terms of your team, Nappers, it seems to me that in the last season or so, there's definitely been a move towards bringing in the academy players, the younger players coming through the ranks rather than put buying or, or, or getting a free transfer on quite high wages, those those more experienced players. They don't like calling them journeymen as such because, you know, they're good footballers. But the, the, the model, if you like, seems to have shifted and 
the current Fleetwood squad seems to be a lot younger and a lot more homegrown than perhaps what it was a year or two ago. Yeah, we've got a great training ground, and we, you know, we've got a great youth set up, great youth coach. We just wanted to use it, and now we are. You know, you know, James Hill being called for England, Jamie Tete, strong links, Shaden Morris coming through doing really well. You know, Jed Garner fighting his worth, and you've got you know Barry Bagley called Johnston, who are you know not so far behind in the pecking order, and you know it's a really, really you know good group, exciting group, and hopefully we can go and sell them on for a big fee and you know reinvest that into our football club instead of just being reliant on you know one man's money. Really, I suppose it could have been different though, Ben, couldn't it? If uh... If it had been ever so slightly the other way, you could have been a championship club. And, and how amazing would that have been for a town the size of Fleetwood to have a championship football club? You were oh so close twice. Absolutely. And it's just fine margins. I mean, you know, big games, big players set up for you know, big games. And you know, Wickham did that, they deserved it. You know, in the first leg, second leg, I thought Fleetwood were better, but it's easy to be better after a 4-1 defeat. And, you know, Wickham's game plan totally changes. And, you know, the difference in managers between Barton and Ainsworth won that game of football. Ainsworth, you know, a top bloke, you know, not many ways to skin a cat, wins games of football. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm a gutted, absolutely. But it's in the past now, and you've got to just, uh, you know, focus on kind of just having a football club after a lockdown period. We're so lucky that, you know, we're still here. Yeah, we're still fighting. You know, Berry, you know, Macclesfield, I know they have come back now. Uh, many football clubs have been lost in the re- previous years. How good is it, Nappers, to be back in stadiums watching games of football with a crowd? Oh, it's amazing. There's nothing better, um, you know, Seeing your family, seeing your friends all coming to one, celebrating a goal, celebrating a corner, you know, giving the referee abuse again, you know, anything really. So going to get your pie before the game, uh, you know, a pint before the game. There's absolutely no better feeling in the world. And, you know, watching it on iFollow, we lost a little bit of, you know, human, you know, coincidence. Yeah. And we watched yeah. it online and it was a bit drab at times, but I'm absolutely loving the fact that we're, you know, we're back in there now. The whole match day experience, you, you can't beat it, can you? I don't think so. In terms of the prediction, then, Ben, now you're your colours to the mass, and you've already hinted perhaps at a draw, but how do you think it's going to be going in the game itself and also for the rest of the season? Do you think both clubs can stay up in League One this year? I don't see why not. I see, I think both sides are you know good enough, they've got goals in the team. Um, I think Fleetwood have got a good you know, aura about them as well, you know, in the heart of the midfield. I think you've got that. I think both sides just need to concede and just grind out results. Like, you know, I think we're open for a bit, a few one nils, a few two nils or two ones. Um, but I think it's going to be either a nil nil or a one one. Both sides will be a bit too scared to go for it. And again, I think for Grayson, it's a big, big game for that man because I've stuck up for him ever since he's come in, but they're the game that he's judged on. He's been unlucky. And then we played from 15th upwards. We played 14 teams of those. But I think we'll be absolutely fine. And I do believe Morgan will serve and Fleetwood will serve. And I believe it'll be a draw. I'm with you on that, Matters. I think it's going to be a draw. And I think both clubs are going to stay up in League One this season. So let's talk about yourself then, Nappers. You've built up a... Uh, quite a following online, haven't you, with uh, your Twitter feed and uh, your COD vlogs on, on YouTube. If you want to catch all of that, tell us everything we need to know about how and where we can find you. 
Oh, yeah. Thank you, mate. Yeah, I obviously just do vlogs on YouTube. I do, you know, League One content. You know, talk about the division as a whole, do a lot of prep, talk about the table, talk about key games, key players, uh, you know, top 10 videos of League One. And then I do, you know, match day vlogs reacting to the game of the, you know, um, we've got an FA Cup game today as we speak, going to their, going to their soon and, um, you know, giving me opinion on that. But like I say, um, if anyone give it, give it a subscription, we're closing it out on 8,000 subscribers. That's amazing, Ben. Absolutely amazing. So FTFC Nappers, Nappers with a K, on Twitter and it's COD Vlogs if we search that on YouTube up it up it will come yeah absolutely mate thank you very much no problem at all Ben thank you so much um, good luck for the rest of the season I hope you stay up I genuinely mean that um, after next Saturday of course so uh, cheers for coming on the podcast we really appreciate it top man Dave now we are delighted to be supporting the Shrimps Trust annual Christmas toy appeal. For the last three years, the Shrimps Trust has launched their appeal to collect donations from members, Morecambe FC fans and the wider community to bring just a little bit more happiness to kids and their families who might be a little less fortunate than others within the local community. Now this year, once again, the Trust aims to support children in the immediate Morecambe area who may be struggling through difficult times to provide families with basics and Christmas dinners and some presents from Santa as well. If you'd like to make uh, a difference to these families, you can support the Shrimps Trust Christmas Toy Appeal in a number of ways. They're hoping to collect all sorts of toys, action figures, board games, craft sets, colouring books, teddy bears, all that kind of stuff uh, for kids of all ages. Now, if you want to buy a toy for the Shrimps Trust Toy Appeal, all items they need to be brand new and unopened if possible, please. They'll be collecting donations during the home game against MK Dons, which is in a couple of weeks' time on Saturday, the 27th of November. If you're heading down to the Mazoom, you can take your donation and put it in their bin. Uh, you can also find out more about their Amazon wish list and other links and other ways that you can donate by heading to our website right now, beyondradio.co.uk. Also on our social media, you'll see the poster with the links there. You can click on that and uh, you can support a fantastic cause. Or you can send the Trust an email for more details. It's shrimpstrust at gmail.com. Shrimpstrust at gmail.com. Or they are on Twitter at Shrimps Trust, and you can find them on Facebook too. Send them a private message and support a fantastic local cause. The Shrimps Trust Christmas Toy Appeal with Beyond Radio. Now on the Shrimps Verdict podcast, more best of the guests. We've been really fortunate on the pod since the start of the season to have some fantastic guests joining myself and Matt Smith from the Shrimps Media Team, including football club directors Charlie Appleyard and James Wakefield. We'll hear from James in a few minutes time but recently I caught up for an extended chat with Charlie Appleyard we covered a whole range of subjects on and off the field Charlie's personal life as well you can hear that chat in full on another episode of the Shrimps Verdict podcast if you go to beyondradio.co.uk click on the Shrimps Live tab you can scroll down the pods go to the Wickham Wanderers podcast from a few weeks ago and my interview with Charlie is there in full but uh, Amongst the many topics of conversation that I had with Charlie was just how he thinks the club is going so far this League One season and the plans for the future. I still think it's a three-year plan. We've, 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 we've hit the League One part, which is great, 
but there are a lot of things we need to do to achieve our goal of being sustainable, competitive, profitable, and you know, pushing towards the championship. You know, I know that's not part of the three-year plan originally, but that's, that's I, think, I think James means it, it's uh, I'm ingesting by the way, but it, you know, it's, it's the evolution of the plan, yeah, more than the plan being finished. And uh, you know, we've just got we've got so many things to look at that, that we can improve. I mean, I, I just I can see so many things we can improve. Everything's good. But every, we want to be excellent, and uh, that's what we're trying to do. And uh, we've got some updates coming up from Ryan, um, Ryan Daly, who's been a great acquisition, as you know. Um, he's nearly as good as Matt Smith, isn't he? But, uh, Don't tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, I can see improvements to be made, and on the whole, um, the plan is, is is getting there. But there's, there's work to do. And it, we will get there, but it will take time, of course. I think we've come, I think it's fair to say, we're so far so fast. Yeah. It's not perfect yet. It can't possibly be perfect yeah. yet because we've, we, we've come so far so quickly. But we will get there eventually. We are happy, but we, 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 we know there's improvements to be made and uh, we, will, we will get there. And I was saying to Dermot and, uh, and Stephen yesterday when I met them at the university that you know, they're doing a group, we're all, they're, they're happy, we're happy, everything's going great, but there's certain things we need to get, we need to get the training ground, you know, it's really, really important to have a training ground, we need to, we need to try and get this button by, you know, we need to try and make some acquisitions to try and achieve that, but in the meantime, it's a step-by-step process, so we need to, we need to there's, there's a few things we need to do at the university, the training pitches which we need to work on, just because we've gone so far, so quickly, doesn't mean we're going to continue that pace. And it's not just yourself, Charlie, or, or you and James and Rod. It's the whole of the board and, and, and the whole of the Morecambe family. Everybody contributes to the machine. Yeah, and we're speaking about the Morecambe family. You know, the, 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 the ladies' football, the Shrimps Trust, the community sports, uh, the academy and the football club all coming together, like we said in the three-year plan. And I, I, Stuart said we should all have a, a meeting monthly meeting which is a very good point of us progressing things I, I call it the family planning clinic um, but it's, uh, I don't think that, that name's going to get through but um, we need to make sure we, we, we're working together with the, with, the, with the family I mean I was really impressed with Stuart and Wayne today what they're doing they've, they've got a vision for the, um, the academy with their new head of recruitment Tom and uh, you know it's just great to see I mean as a, as a, as a fan <laughs> it's, it's just amazing to see what we're doing I suppose it helps as well, doesn't it, when you've got people like Stuart and, and, and Neil and, and other people who are former players, they've been part of the Morecambe setup for a long time. You combine that with the, the relatively new, if you want to call it that, expertise of, of, of new directors, new general manager, new media team, etc., etc., and that all comes together, well, seemingly at the moment, quite nicely. Yeah, it all comes back to what I was saying to you the day, the Morecambe Football Club is a business first and foremost. We must treat it like that. We're all fans of the football club. We all, we're, we're, you know, the name of one passion more passionate than me. We want results, but the, we have to have the stable, stable business with the best people possible. No, um, no, no sort of weak links. We need to make sure everyone, everyone's pulling in the same direction. Everyone, which is which is what we've got. Where everyone's, everyone knows what the plan is. Everyone knows what's expected of them, and we, we move forward. And that's how that, and that's what, we, that's what makes a successful business. And then the top of the great work the players are all doing, and, the, and Stephen. And, and League One this season is a real mix of former Premier League sides, sleeping giants. It's week on week. It's the stuff of dreams, isn't it? In terms of who we play. 
mean, I love your podcast and I love the Stuntress podcast, but there are loads of podcasts out there which yeah. you listen to them all. Third tier, NTT20, Football League show. They all love Morecambe. You know, everyone was giving Morecambe Appleton Game of the Week, Quest, Colin Murray, I met Colin in the car park in Wembley, you know, saying how great, you know, how what a big supporter he is. It's just be people just want to watch us. It's just, it's just uh, in League One, there are the big teams. They, they say they they, 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 don't think they deserve to be there, but they are there, and they find it tough. And then you've got the, the, the smaller teams like the Wimbledon's, the uh, the Accrington, um, and those sorts of teams who are not even surviving, just f- 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 flourishing. Mm. It's great. You know, finally, I just say that you know we're on we're on an upward trajectory. We can keep going. We've got to try and we're not arrogant. That's you know we're not arrogant people. We've got our feet on the ground. We follow the plan. And I, I if we keep going and and we achieve our goals, I, I do believe that everyone part of the club, but from fans to directors to players, I think we can be part of the, the biggest success story of, of British sport for the last 50, 60 years if we if we achieve our goals. And that's what that's what drives me more than anything. It's the Shrimps Verdict podcast part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio and it's the best of the guests so far this League One campaign and another director. Earlier in the season we caught up with James Wakefield. We again covered a whole range of topics and you can hear that chat in full on a previous episode of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. Search for the Director's Cut episode from a little while ago you'll find it there but uh, again a whole range of topics covered on and off the field with James the three year plan and just how he thinks the season is going to go now Morecambe are in League One we needed to accelerate things um, thanks to Derek thanks to thanks to Sam thanks to thanks to Cole thanks to John McMahon thanks to all, all those guys and what they did um, last year and getting us promoted um, I think that there's one or two things that you can't do more quickly you can't expand parts of the stadium. You can't improve your your your, your F and B from away fans and like that. Um, so there's some things that will take more time. But we've made much much braver decisions because um, because because we were forced to. You know, you 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 look at a challenge and you think, well, we thought we had longer to to do this. Now we've got less time. What can we do? It's a bit braver to maybe move these things more quickly, which is probably where the, the season ticket initiative was born. Um, we were always going to hire Ben, and that's great. Um, I think the opportunity to overhaul one or two other areas of the club has been accelerated, which is great. You know, Matt sitting here, um, sitting alongside Ryan, that's 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 a good example of that. Uh, but it's just accelerated it really. Um, and I think the other thing is there are times with any organisation, any team, that you get momentum, and you've, it's so important to seize that momentum. So you could sit and you could say, well, we we've got three years, we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this. But if you're sitting at the beginning of that period and you've got the momentum that you've gained from that promotion, and you've also got the opportunity to give a new manager almost a blank sheet of paper, you've got to seize that, absolutely seize it. And that's what Brand New Bright Tomorrow was all about. Um, so, yeah, we've we just had to do everything a bit more quickly. Um, as, as, as everybody said recently, ben, ben in particular, we, we can't get everything right because it, because it is all quite hurried. Um, but as much as possible, we, 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 we just have to bring the whole thing forward. And I think um, you'll have probably noticed in, 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 in press releases, in, in the things that Graham or Rod or me are saying, we've stopped talking about the three-year plan now. We've just talked about making the club sustainable and competitive at League One level. Um, so that three-year plan has just become that sustainable and competitive at League One level. That's the mantra. 
And when we've achieved that consistently, then we can we can we can sort of um, not not enjoy it, but then we can think about what's next. I suppose it's right from the ground level up as well, isn't it? Whether it's the the club shop is open for an extra hour or whether the bar's open for an extra hour or an extra evening in the week, right the way through to hospitality, um, staging of pop concerts, other massive events, whatever it might be. We've got to now look at the whole picture, not just match days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's walking around and going, can that be better? If it can be better, why isn't it? Why aren't we trying to make it better? And it's it's tiring um, for some people, and um, and some people don't like it. You know, they like things as they are, um, and others really embrace it and, and you know get on board. But you just have to be always walking around thinking what can be better. And, and when we go to go to away matches, you're walking around not thinking, um, oh, I don't like that, I don't like that, but you're just thinking. Why, why aren't we trying that? Why aren't we trying that? You know, the, the season ticket idea, we didn't invent that ourselves. We borrowed it from Bradford um, and we adapted what they'd done. We had a chat with them and we worked out what mistakes they'd made when they put something similar in place. Um, and we came up with what we think on a smaller scale because it's, it's not Bradford City. We came up with a, a version which we think is better than that. Um, and it's worked really, really, really well. Um, and similarly, you know, you go down to a club like Exeter and you chat there and you realise that every person involved in the club is uh, designed to try and help that youth policy and that development of, of young players. And then you realise how much money we made over a consistently long period of time. You think, well, what can we borrow from that? So, so yeah, it's, 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 it's tiring for some people. It, you, yeah, everything has to be done better. In terms of the fan experience at the, at the Mazuma Stadium, you've already touched on the fact that it's not perfect. And one of the reasons it's not perfect is because we've had to do things in such a rush to simply get to where we are now. What have we got coming down the tracks in the, in the next few months and, and, and years in terms of stadium improvements and, and improvements for the fan experience on match day? Okay, well, I think first things first, um, a full stadium is a good stadium. A full stadium has a good atmosphere. A full stadium um, is an exciting place to go. A full stadium where you can't get a ticket, it, it, it creates a sort of a, a demand. It creates a sort of a, a fear of missing out, um, which, which, which is, is a powerful thing. So we want the stadium to be as full as possible. Um, some people have suggested we should expand the capacity. Uh, for me, when that stadium is full, two seasons running, there might be a sensible conversation to be had. But at the moment, a full stadium is a good stadium. It's, it's where people want to be on a Saturday afternoon or a Tuesday evening. Um, in terms of what's coming, the roof will go up behind the, the Batacar stand, behind the home end. Um, a lot of work's been done on that already. Um, a bit more complicated than we perhaps thought, but thanks to the Shrimps Trust, the money they raise. Um, we'd like to be able to do some work behind the away end because um, it's basically an alleyway. <laughs> Um, there's not a lot of space, although to be fair, you know, we tested it with Sheffield Wednesday and most Sheffield Wednesday fans went away having said that they had a great afternoon and really enjoying it and good atmosphere and all those other things. So, but we need to improve that a bit. Um, and we'd like to do a fan zone, but I can't commit that we will be able to do that in a hurry because that requires space and requires conversations and everything else. But the things that are happening are the roof, getting those concessions going, making sure we've got the ability to um, serve people more quickly. And then Ben will have a thousand other ideas because it's what he's doing. He's just walking around the club going, what can we do better? Thanks very much as ever for your ears on the Shrimps Verdict podcast. We always appreciate your company as we do on Shrimps Live as well. We'll be back with full match commentary of Morecambe's next League One fixture, which is a week on Saturday, the 20th of November. We'll have team news, the build-up and the whole of Fleetwood Town against Morecambe 
live from Highbury from 2.45 on Beyond Radio across North Lancashire and also of course via iFollow Shrimps as well. A reminder too, you can catch up with all previous episodes at beyondradio.co.uk. Click on the Shrimps Live banner and you can find all previous episodes of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. And a reminder too of advertising and sponsorship opportunities. This podcast has so far reached tens of thousands of people. If you think your business could benefit from that, you can contact me at dave.salmon at beyondradio.co.uk or send me a private message on Twitter. I am at dpsalmon. Thanks once again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.